This is Woman Being Podcast, and you are listening to three lovely voices. The first is myself. I'm Kelly. This is Kelly Ann. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kelly Ann, and I'm saying hello. And <laughs> Emma. Hello there, lovely woman beings. It is lovely to be talking with you ladies this morning and um, to be considering the truth of purpose and passion oh. and how as a human being and a woman being, your purpose and passion is not tied to a romantic partner. Mm. Isn't that right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back in a sec and can't wait to talk about this topic with you guys. This is Woman Being, where we explore thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds. Without expectation or judgment, we will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine. So our topic today, finding purpose and passion outside of a romantic partnership, is actually another listener-recommended topic. So thank you to the person who recommended that to us. It's actually a really great topic, and we're excited to dive into it. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to remind you all that you can follow us on Instagram at Woman Being Podcast. You can find our website at womanbeingcommunity.com, except no at, just www. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, follow us on any podcast platform you pre prefer. We're on all of them, including now Amazon. Yeah. And so that's exciting. And if you like to see our beautiful faces, check us out on YouTube. So, um, ladies... How Kelly. are you doing today? Doing swell. Just <laughs> dandy. Yeah. You know, if you're listening, uh, you can't see I'm wearing a plaid jacket. She and looks it's fabulous. really cute. Yes. I drank last night, so I have coffee. But, you know, I'm ready to do it. Party. Ready We're going to do. do it. It's like a morning party. Post party. Um, post party party. This is the after after party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the most exclusive guests, including you, the listener. <laughs> you are a cherished guest. <laughs> all right, we're going to circle back. Um, I think we can all agree uh, that our culture places a high value on romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just watch a movie, read Any a book, like, like all of our, you know. Any song. Mark, like all of our marketing content even oh, yeah. is like directed towards finding that special person and buying them. Whatever it is that you need to have the best relationship in the world. Obviously jewelry. Yes. Jewelry, yeah, perfume, clothing. It's all about presenting yourself in a way. And not all of it. That's probably a little bit. But it's a very – we have a high value for it in our, in our culture. And so I was curious um, in what ways other than the ones that I just mentioned have you guys noticed this in your lives? And – what messages were you fed growing up about finding that special person and what that meant for your life? Great question. Uh, I think growing up it was very interesting because I was a very much so a romantic from a very young age. Watched all the Disney princess movies and was like, I'm going to find a prince and we're going to have a magical love story and it's going to be happy and amazing. Um, and I was actually told by a parent uh, that – love stories aren't real and that actually real life isn't like that at all. Wow. And so I needed to lower my expectations. <laughs> oh gosh. <Wow. laughs> who, who was your favorite prince? Oh, I actually, I really Simba. loved Anastasia. 
She's not a prince. She's not a princess, <laughs> but Dimitri and Anastasia, Dimitri. I thought gotcha. was real sexy. For some yeah. reason, those, you know, two awkward strings of hair coming down, it was like typical like 90s boy. Yes. I was like, like boy meets world. Damn, that was sexy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say he was probably my favorite, even though it's not a technical Disney prince princess situation. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I was always very hopeful and very excited, but also about, you know, the possibility of a future romantic relationship. Um, and fun fact, my story, in my opinion, with my husband is a very, like, princess story. So I'm like, <laughs> proved you wrong, things. <laughs> um, take that. Take that. Um, I didn't lower my expectations. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, literally got a prince that would do anything for me. Um, but, yeah, so I think that, though, a lot of that was – some of that was heart desire, but also a lot of that was culture. Um, I grew up in a, you know, Oklahoma, and that was kind of like all like what the girls were, you know, thinking about and talking about. It was like, oh, well, I'm going to get a husband one day. I'm going to be a mom. Like, you know, you played house. Everyone wanted to be the mom. Um, when you played house, it was like very like ingrained in us from a young age, whether it was intentional or not, like that was the focus. And it's like, oh, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. It's going to be so great. Um, and I wanted like the romance side. I wanted the partnership side, but I was like, actually, like, I don't want to be a stay at home mom. So in that way, I never really fully fit in. But I think it is kind of like something that we ingrain in young girls as a value and probably young boys as well. But um, that, oh, you grow up and you find someone. And then you have purpose. Um, mm. And I kind of fell into that for a while um, with my spouse. But um, he is uh, very feminist and is like, no, you don't need me to fix your rearview mirror. You can fix your rearview mirror. <laughs> like he really pushes me to actually not be fully reliant on him, which is a good thing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every TV show that I watched, like – when like all the like you know tween teen TV shows like Hannah Montana and Zoe One Hundred One and oh, yeah. iCarly I don't know all these shows I saw like these girls that I looked up to and that I felt like represented me and they were dating and like getting out out by boys and like very boy focused a lot of the time even Lizzie McGuire like it was very boy focused and always like they always had a crush or, like, someone they have their eye on, and um, they always have boys that like them. And uh, I feel like I had a lot of insecurity around that because I didn't have a lot of boys liking me. And then mm. my friends as well were, like, dating a lot, and I feel like I always wound up somehow with girlfriends who, like, were those girls that always had boyfriends, and I was the girl that had, like never had boyfriends. Mm. So it was it was very like um, I felt like I was like behind, you know, because the messaging was this is the this is what should be happening. Like I remember even asking my mom one time. I like dramatically came into her bedroom and like laid on her bed and was like, "Mom, why don't any boys like me?" <laughs> And she's like, honey, it's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think all, another, like, message that I received a lot that made dating f and, like, relationships in general feel very high stakes was this idea of the one, mm -hmm. which I actually think is a lie. <laughs> um, 
because I mean, there's this idea, which is is sort of like the the Disney princess idea, like you're gonna find the one and they're gonna be perfect for you, and then you're going to like be together forever and everything's gonna be fine because you found the one. But like, I think that concept like cuts out. Um, like responsibility in a relationship and intentionality. Um, and also it's just illogical because what if you accidentally marry someone else's one, then, then you've broken the whole system because then someone else is going to marry another person's one. And then, and then before you know it, the whole system's broken. So even if there ever was one, we've already, bro- we've already broken it. <laughs> I'm sure. There's like no way that we no can way. like fix that. Yeah. And so <laughs> all that to say, I feel like that put a lot of pressure on me where it was like, well, do I even have a one? Because no boys are liking me. Like, mm. the, the that was what it felt like. Um, but it was just a lot of feeling like the messaging I'm getting is love, love, love. And what I'm seeing in my real life is not that, mm. you know? Yeah, for sure. I think, like, yeah, uh, you grow up, especially, like, in my, like, conservative church culture that I always talk about but you know it's what I grew up in so that's what you're gonna hear about but um like marriage is kind of seen as this like elevated I don't know arrival of sorts Mm -hmm. I guess like this is when you have risen to the next step in life and I feel like so much of my adolescence was spent preparing for that whether that's, like, character development or not having sex or not dating too many guys or whatever so that, like, I don't tarnish my future marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's for sure, like, a, a, a sentiment of, like, that is the, the next thing. Like, you, you have to go to school. You have to then do the next thing and whatever. You get married and then you buy a house, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, se- it felt like a natural progression in what it means to be an adult and to grow up and whatever. Um, mm. and, and, and as such, like, it is the place where you team up and you be, like, you rocket towards your destiny kind of thing. Mm. You know, like... No, totally. It's like you've arrived. Yes. You are now on the playing field. Yes, <laughs> you can, yeah, you can now, like, do the thing. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting to me because I, I mean, I feel like, in my upbringing, I was always so skeptical of marriage because mm-hmm. I grew up around so much divorce, like multiple divorces across my family. Um, and so to me, I feel like I wasn't I was focused on like, oh, I want somebody, but it wasn't like I am gearing up for mm. a marital union that will then push me to my destiny or whatever, you know, like yeah. it, it, that wasn't ever a thought for me. But I also like, wasn't in that, like, conservative evangelical space. Mm. So it was, um, that's just, like, fascinating to hear. Um, And how, like, I can't even fathom, like, like, preteen or early teen me even considering marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was just not on my radar. And, I mean, I also thought that I was cursed to be divorced because everyone (laughs) in my family was divorced. And so I, like... I, I guess I didn't see marriage as, like, a goal necessarily. Mm. Like, I, it was, like, a potential, but it wasn't, like, this is what I'm working towards, you know? Interesting. I mean, I feel like I was kind of, like, groomed in a way. Like, I mean, whatever it was, like, I think it was, like, a, when I was 11 or 
10 or 11 in our Sunday school class uh, with Miss Jean. I love Miss Jean. She's the best. But, like, we straight up, like, wrote letters to our future husbands, like, explaining to them why we chose purity and uh, the steps we took and the why and how much we loved them and this whole situation. And so I'm like, I don't know that, like, it was just at the forefront of my mind, but I was kind of, like, in between both of you, like, like, on one hand, it's like, I really want this. And like, I felt like this draw towards quote unquote destiny, but also because where I'm from, like, you don't, you don't really get divorced. I know I knew very few divorced people get growing up Mm. and I could, as a kid, you're so intuitive. I was just like, I can tell a lot of these people are unhappy. And so I was like, I will not commit to anything that doesn't make me happy. And that was where I got this idea of like, I'm going to have a fairy tale, Mm. quote unquote, relationship of like, it's going to be the best of both worlds. Mm. Yeah. Did you give that letter to your future husband? I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had like a box. I mean, this is how like conservative I was. Oh my gosh, I would have loved to have seen that. (laughs) At a treasure. I mean, I have it. It's like in the room next door. Oh my gosh. I have like a treasure chest filled with letters that I wrote to him over the years. Aww. Yeah. Like before you were together or like. Yeah, from the time I was like 11. You were just writing letters to your husband. I was writing letters to my future husband. Wow. And I gave it to James when we got married. That is number one, super romantic. (laughs) Yeah. Number two, also kind of weird. Yeah, it's very weird and very (laughs) creepy. But, but like really cute. I was like, oh, time. that that's what, that's what I you perceived do. as normal. Yeah, you yeah. just prepare like this, for this person that I'm like who you will end up with. Yeah, yeah, that I'm building a relationship with that doesn't even exist yet, <laughs> wow. which is problematic. Well, I mean, in some ways, you know, you know, start. It's good to be forward thinking. Yeah, you know, I think plan. there's a balance because I think a lot of Christian girls that are like planning for their future husband will idealize them a lot totally. mm-hmm. because of that. Oh yeah. And then um, when it actually comes to it, they can't accept anybody because nobody meets the totally. standard of like, like, whatever. Yeah. He yeah. will never hurt my feelings ever. Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> that's not a person. <laughs> that, yeah. Just don't interact with any humans yeah. ever then yeah. because people are going to hurt your feelings. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you touched on a little bit like kind of this, like, Nobody likes me. What like what's wrong with me? Kind of thing. My sob story. Yes, your sob story. <laughs> Which I mean, like we've all been there, you know. Like, yeah. You know, why doesn't this person like me? Am I not good enough? Whatever. Like, have you guys? In what ways have you seen your value as a human? Kind of being tied to this like romantic story. If you've ended up with someone, then you have found that. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like that you found like value because you right or like it's it it's a it's proven your value mm-hmm. for you to have found the person or whatever yeah mm-hmm. I think that's definitely something a lot of women are basically told is that this is where your value is going to come from and I mean if you think about it 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 makes sense historically because women were literally bought by their husbands um and like from their fathers essentially mm-hmm. like it was here you get this this wedding dowry or you get this property or whatever like these are the benefits of t- letting me take this woman as my wife and so I, I like I can see where that stems from. And now, obviously, in our Western American culture, we have a very we don't do that. But <laughs> but like there's still the remnants of like, well, women have 
been second-class citizens for a long time and, like, women have not had all of these rights and um, women are finally able to have a large amount of autonomy, but there's still those remnants. And so I think a lot of women um, feel like they don't have purpose if they are not in a relationship. And I think that especially, like, the Christian white evangelical church perpetuates that um, because there's so much where, like, you don't have um, as much room to, like, serve in the church if you're not married. Mm-hmm. Like, there's churches that are, that are like, well, you you can't lead a small group because you don't have a husband mm-hmm. to lead it with you. Or, like— Or you're just, like, you, stuck in women's ministry. Or, yeah. like, you're refined to—or refined, confined, <laughs> confined. to, mm-hmm. like, a certain— Level yes, of... it's women's ministry or children's ministry, yeah. and that's it, unless you're married. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's I think the church perpetuates that a lot and doesn't value, like, single women as much. Um, but even when you think about political candidates don't do as well if they're not married and things like that, like, that's a legitimate thing. Like, people want to see you as a happy couple, and that shows you as, like, a stable human somehow which doesn't make any sense because there's plenty of unstable people that get married and perfectly stable people that don't. Mm -hmm. So um, there's definitely that. And I also feel like for me, like when I first started dating, I had my first boyfriend at 17, which felt like just so late to me, which now looking back 10 years from then, it's like, oh, 17 is so young. But at the time, like, my friends have been dating since they were 13. Right. You know? No, 17 is a good time to start dating, I so, feel like. You know, like, well, you've gotten over the worst, like, middle school stuff. And you've, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Well, There's I never have, the best time. Sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone out there that didn't start until they were 17 or still hasn't started and are 25, that's okay. Yeah. You no, know? it totally is. And, like, looking back now, I'm like... Part of me is, like, that was kind of stupid. Um, Not that, like, just because I was not emotionally mature enough to even understand what it meant to be in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I did start dating at 17, like, the guy I was dating became, like, my everything. Like, he was my whole world. And I feel like part of that was because I had seen all of my friends, like, date, and I had seen so many other people, like be in relationships while I was left behind. And so then my, like, twisted mindset was, well, I need to, like, commit everything to this because no one else is going to want me, you know? Mm. And so, like, I have to give my all. But then you wind up, when the relationship ends, friendless and, like, trying to build back, like, your life because yeah. you've you've sort of cast everyone else in your life to the side and you your hobbies, your everything is, like, centered around this other human. Mm-hmm. Um, so that definitely, like, my value was heavily invested in them um, because I felt like I almost had, like, a poverty mindset around it. Like, I'm not going to get anything else, so I need to put my all into this. Right. Well, and I think those messages of, like, you know – the the couple is the happiest place to be that is the mm. the landing point mm-hmm. or whatever like that to me feeds like codependent relationships and like unhealthy like lack of boundaries and things mm-hmm. like that because it's it's like we have found each other and we must stay together and we must yeah. like be in, intertwined in all ways mm-hmm. and um because it's 
more important than anything else. Yeah. Mm. You know what it makes me think of? It's a song that I hate. It's <laughs> Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran. What's that song that they sing? Where they're like at a party and they don't want to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, at a party. I don't want to be at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am somebody. Oh, That's what I hate. You because hate it? They say oh. when I'm with my baby, oh. maybe I feel like maybe I'm somebody. Mm. And they talk about how they're like, they feel uncomfortable in this party, which right. is like fine, like social yeah. anxiety, whatever. Worst. Like you can feel uncomfortable at a party, but then they're like, but I'm somebody when I'm with my person. Right. And I'm like, that is oh, toxic and codependent. Right. Like, I hate that song because of that. Oh, interesting. I had a very different view of that. It was more like, oh, I'm seen by someone that knows me and knows mm. I'm uncomfortable in this crowd of people, even if I present comfortable and put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it felt like more known. Yeah. Therefore, I am somebody. But I can totally see where you're coming from, like 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what their intention was when they wrote the song or whatever. They, they were probably thinking more along the lines of what you were saying, but I hear that song and it grates on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know. So Noted. it's funny because I got married when I was 18, right? And so, like, to me, I had, like, skipped any sort of fear that I would never get married. <laughs> you wow. know, like, because you're, I mean, I wasn't expecting to get married right out of high school, first of all. But, yeah. like, I know that a lot of people in their 20s struggle with, like, I'm not married yet, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't have Mm -hmm. that person yet, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of just skipped all that because I just got married right away. And so because I kind of skipped, like, this fear of I am accepted as a human because I'm married or not, like, Mm -hmm. because I just was. So, like, that was – but my biggest concern was, like, now within this marriage I have to, like, make something happen out of it or I can now, like, pursue my dreams with it and, like, sort of felt like I was pulling us along Mm. this trajectory of what – I felt we needed the to. destiny, right? Like, yeah, I was like, now we have to. We are obliged to pursue this destiny that I've been told that I have. Mm. I mean, I, I feel like I can't really like. Not that we are, but I don't feel like I can pass judgment on anyone because, again, like I think we are set up to be that way, at some in a certain way. But like, I personally also don't really relate to that because there was never a doubt in my mind I would get married. I, like, always wow. knew. I was like, I am Same. a catch. Yeah. I am beautiful. I am smart. You would be lucky. Um, so I always, like, had that mentality. Um, but, like, also, like, I know for a lot of people it's kind of a struggle. Like, and there can be a certain level of anxiety. I mean, once you get out of college or, like, hit your mid-20s, it's like, oh, it feels like clock's ticking, especially for a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is something that, like – society unfortunately kind of pushes on us like oh you got you want to have babies before you're 30 i'm like what i can have babies until i'm like 40 my mom had my youngest sister at like 45 or something like that i'd say that that's a message the church gives i would say our like western society as a whole is messaging more have like have your 20s and then have kids when you're 30 something get married when you're 30 like for sure even if you look at like for example, like Friends or How I Met Your Mother, like or New Girl. All those shows, those people get married in their thirties. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like just in their twenties, like living, and then they like and then they settle, have to settle down at the yeah. end, mm-hmm. and they start having kids when they're yeah. in their late twenties, early thirties. That sort of right. age range. Mm-hmm. That's more of what, and like statistically, people are getting married later and later in general, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. across the United States. So. 
I would say the church definitely pushes, like, you should have babies while you're in your 20s. Mm. But I would say American, like, society and culture at large pushes, oh, like, live up your 20s and then get married and Mm. have babies. Well, I would argue because the church, like, like Western society or the secular culture is, like, live your life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, get all the partying out, get all the... The dating out, experiment, mm-hmm. blah, blah, Date blah. Around, and the church is basically saying, like. no, don't do any of those things. That's bad. You need to get married as soon as possible so that you avoid the temptation to, like, yes. fall off mm. the deep end, essentially. Yeah. Um, get married, settle down, get serious. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure to be settled in your 20s as opposed to, like, waiting. Mm. Within church culture, at least. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I get those messages from multiple places, but I'm also thinking, like, medically. People are like, oh, the older you you get, the harder it is. And I'm like, well, pregnancy is hard regardless. So, (laughs) like, it's going to suck regardless. At the end of the day, you have to push a tiny human out of your body. So, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, people, I think a lot of people struggle with it differently. Like, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's pressure. Um, Or, like, even, like, peer-to-peer. It's like, oh, you're married and I'm not. And I'm like, Mm. I don't care. What are you doing with what you have? Well, I mean, I even catch myself. Like, Mm. like, we've talked about this as the three of us. Like, oh, I could set you up with someone. Or, ooh, like, Mm -hmm. I know someone. Like, or, ooh, when are you going to find that person or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, like, we put pressure on each other. And, like, in my mind, it's because, like, oh, I want to see you happy. Mm. As if you're as deficient if, right Yeah, now. as if, like, not being in a romantic relationship, like, indicates some sort of deficiency. Mm. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's, like, there's more nuance to it than that. Like, some people want to be married and they're yeah. looking for somebody or they wish that they were dating somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, I want you to be dating someone if you want to be dating someone. So let's yeah. find you someone or whatever. But, like, totally. it do- it is – it's funny because – We can look at it and be like, oh, that's dumb. But also, like, I just totally live that out. Totally. Well, and I think, too, though, people are gravitating more and more towards singleness now. Like, people are like, no, I'm going to go after my career. Or um, Jabes told me an interesting statistic about Japan recently. Like, more people, specifically women, are focusing on their career and they're not getting married as young. They're, like, getting married in, like, their 30s. And there's great concern over the population of Japan in, like, whatever, 50 to 100 years is going to significantly drop because... Yeah, they have these, like, ghost towns that yeah. are, like, totally abandoned because all the population just died. Yeah. They just it's, aged out. It's crazy. And so, I don't know. But overall, I'm like, it feels like a healthier society. Like, we're not getting partnered up mm-hmm. and, you know, pumping out kids because that's your, like civic duty or something it's like i'm pursuing like you can pursue yourself and what you want and your goals yeah well you mentioned like this career thing right like Mm -hmm. i think i felt this pressure so much especially with kids in mind but i know people even with like uh, getting married there's sort of this idea that you can get married or you can pursue your career you have to choose Mm, yeah that pisses me off well do you guys feel that have you noticed that do you feel like you can have both. Can you have it all? Do you have to choose? Is there a compromise in yeah. there? Like, what have you noticed? I 100% have it all. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's got it all, everybody. Um, Kellyanne, come to her for all the secrets of life no, and no, no, how no. to succeed. She has it all. I don't think. I don't think there's a secret. I I intentionally was like, hey, I want a partner in life. Yeah. I don't want someone that I need to take care of, and I don't want you to feel like you need to take care of me. I want someone that we're going to trust each other, support each other, laugh together, be best friends together. But, like, I I made it very clear, like, I'm not going to be the wife that makes dinner for you every night. And, like, it actually really rubs me the wrong way <laughs> when other people that I know whom I also love a lot, but they're like, oh, what are you, like, making for dinner tonight? And I'm like, people ask you that? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it Maybe really, it really rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, well, we have uh, tortillas and cheese. So, mm. be, and I'm, and Quesadilla night. <laughs> when you say like, I have it all, like that does not come with, you know, the perfectly clean house, the fully stocked pantry. Like, it's like, no, I am hauling ass. Like I am working a job, doing a podcast, having a marriage you know, doing all the things and you will always feel like you are insufficient in one area. But like having communication about that is so important. Um, And yeah, it really irks me when people are like, when people insinuate that there's still the expectation that even though you both work 40 hours a week, you come home as the wife and you clean and you prep dinner and do all these things while your husband just like fucks around. And I'm like, no, like we will cook dinner together or we will switch off certain nights or like we have certain things that we make. Like I like I'm blanking on everything I make right now, but you sometimes make curry and bolognese James and, makes curry. Oh, I make bolognese and James yeah. makes curry. So it's like street taco. We automatically yeah. know like, hey, let's have this tonight. OK, this person's going to cook then. Yeah. And so like I made it really clear. I actually am not interested in being your mom. I want to have a partnership and um, he knew that coming in. So, mm-hmm. and that, in, in my opinion, that's the only reason I feel like I can say I have it all because I intentionally was like, this is what I want and what I'm looking for. Because mm-hmm. so. you gave up like the, the potential dream of what it means to have it all, right? Like you're saying, yeah. having it all is not the clean, perfect house. No, it's with messy. All the, yeah, it's like having it all is like I'm pursuing the things that I really want. James is pursuing what he really wants. Mm-hmm. And we're partnering together on like feeding yeah. ourselves and getting having shelter and loving each other (laughs) and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, we pull everything together we pull our forces together and it doesn't look perfect and that but that at the end of day of the day is how we're both fulfilled Mm. so no that's good I think actually I sort of had an opposite like idea of what it meant to be a wife um growing up because we were so poor that Mm. like being a stay-at-home mom never occurred to me as a possibility like I like I was raised to believe I would work myself through college that I would have a job like I to me like a stay-at-home mom was a non-option it was something that was very foreign to me it was something that like I don't know board wives do like I just like I knew of like one person in my high school who had a stay-at-home mom Really? And, wow. and I'm sure there was more than that. I just didn't know. Yeah. And like, it was weird. Like, I was like, that is that is bizarre that someone would just like not work. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, it wasn't until I married Ross or not married him, but was dating him and, you know, whatever, that he had said, like, one of his goals in life was to be able to support the family um, so that if I wanted to stay home, I could, but I didn't mm. have to. But if I wanted to, I could. And, like, that was the first time I had ever even considered 
staying home as an option. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even know that was even available. Mm-hmm. And like, he wasn't pushing either way. He just was like, I just want that to be an option for you if you wanted to do that. And so, um, definitely did not go that direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't think that is something that I would love or enjoy. Um, I would get very bored at home. Mm. And I think I would go crazy not talking to other human beings. Absolutely would go crazy. Um, but, like, yeah, I think I always thought, like, you have to you have to do the job, be the housewife, and all mm. of the things all at once. Yep. Like, there's no... Stay at home and take care of the home. Mm-hmm. There's you work and take care of the home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like do it all. So, which I don't is know. like wow. Yeah, I gave up the housewife portion. I was like, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but I like a clean house, so I'm always cleaning. It's dumb. No, that's she so good. You <laughs> are so good at that. Honestly, like my bathroom probably should have been like scrubbed two weeks ago, and it just hasn't. Well, you just <laughs> haven't seen my bathroom, but it never sees the light of day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I only clean for the things that people see. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. To bring it back around, I feel like mm, not growing up in the church and also growing up with a very feminist, largely single mom, right. I did not receive messaging that I would need to be a stay-at-home mom that was never something that crossed my mind like I actually think uh I don't want to throw my mom under the bus but I feel like I remember her kind of talking bad about moms who stayed at home as if like that was a almost shameful thing for them to do (laughs) um because they've like they're just so privileged essentially uh to be able to do that and so she and like I saw, yeah, I saw a mom who worked a lot. My mom has always been the higher income earner than her spouses. Like, my mom has, like, grinded my whole life. And so, to me, that was not really anything that was on my radar. Like, Mm. the idea that, like, you get married and then you become a stay-at-home mom or, like, you can't have a job, um... I will say I I do think that maybe subliminally there was a bit of messaging that, like, you can't have both your professional career and marriage. Therefore, my divorce has Mm, happened. So, like, because my mom has been divorced twice. So it's like, okay, like, you've – and I don't – her divorces were not rooted in, like, her being too career-oriented. They were for other reasons. Um, But I didn't ever see – like, a professional mom who was also in a happy marriage. Mm. Uh, So those two things didn't necessarily line up to me. But again, marriage was not something I was thinking about in, like, a real way. For me, it was the idea that, like, you can be single and successful and independent. Like, that was the messaging that I always got uh, over, like, you need to find a man Mm. to marry you and support you. Uh, And I think as well, I've always had the sort of perception of, well, I don't have time for a relationship, you know, like it's always in my mind, it's been like, well, I'm, I'm pursuing my dreams. I'm working on getting my degree. I'm, I'm working my job. I'm on the mission field. I'm building my friendships. I'm trying to be an involved member of my community. How on earth would I have time to be in a relationship? Mm -hmm. Like that's always seemed like a, something that people do when they don't have anything else to do. (laughs) almost like it's like and I mean all that to say I have like 
started dating in this past year again after a long time of that and like I've found like if you want to make time for that then like it is definitely possible I think there's seasons where people might legitimately not have time or capacity to date but um there's there is like if you really want it there there is the the ability to like make room for that. Mm. So when I feel like both of you are kind of touching on on that, it seems like it's really less about like choosing one or the other, and it's more about like what do you want in life, mm-hmm. and like go after it, and like be willing to let other things fall to the wayside because mm-hmm. you've determined like you can't you can't actually have it all, all right? Mm-hmm. Like there are like countless messages about who we need to be as humans as women and what that needs to look like and you know you have to work out and you have to have a job and you have to clean the house or not clean the house but you have to have a clean house and you have to you know cook for your husband I don't know you have to have the powerful career and like have me time and get your nails done and like whatever I don't know there's a million (laughs) things that like yeah you could just keep going right you could just go yeah. yeah you know like go hiking and be adventurous, but also stay at home and self-care, you know, like whatever. And it's actually more about like, what do you want? And are you going to go after it? Because like you can make time for the things that you're, that you're really passionate about. And you can like let go of the obligation to want or need or pursue other things that aren't actually as important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is the question. What are you willing to let go of? Yeah. Like, I don't need to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, James can be a stay-at-home dad. Like, I'm great with that. But also, if we both are making decent money, we can hire a nanny. Like, you know, it's like, do we actually want kids? We don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Like, you know, what are you willing to not have? Because that makes space for what you really do want. So it's so good. That's one of the other things, too, that comes to mind is, like, this idea of kids. And I definitely... I want kids. I don't know necessarily when or how. Well, I do know how. But um, <laughs> there's a there do. Yes, I'm I love you. You know about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, but anyways, I don't, yeah, we're not necessarily like sure on the logistics of that yet. But I know that I want them eventually, and it feels like my twenties have been a race against mm. my career. Like figuring out how can I rise to a certain level of prominence within my career so that if I left the field potentially for three years, I don't know, if if I did, I'm not saying I would, but if I did, would I be able to like jump back in, you know, mm-hmm. or would I be obsolete or would I have not ever actually had that great of a resume in the first place and wouldn't be able to like, I would have to rebuild everything essentially. Mm. And so that to me has felt or has been a source of a lot of stress and like, wanting a family but also Mm. having big career ambitions and like Mm. things that I want to go after and feeling like those two are not always compatible Mm. yeah I mean I think I'm way back in the day when me and James were first like dating I was like yeah I want like five kids like I was like that like was what I wanted but I think I wanted it because that's what I thought success looked like in life Uh, But I was also very driven and business-minded, and I really wanted to pursue a career of some kind. Um, So it was very conflicting. But then as I've settled, settled, quote-unquote, into life, into marriage, and into my career, I'm like, oh, this is actually really life-giving. And even though, yeah, I really like kids, like, you know, 
I actually really, really love kids. I actually don't know that I want my life to change right now. And so because of that, it's like, and James is in the same spot. It's like, we really love our life. We really love each other. And like, we don't actually know that we want to bring in another player into that dynamic yet. Um, Or if we ever do. And because that's the reality, like kids change everything. And that doesn't mean it's bad, but it also doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Like I actually, this is very judgmental, but I kind of know several people that I'm like, why do you have kids? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you guys are not, you don't seem happy. Like you always seem tired, which will, is a given, but like, they just don't seem like happy people. Like, and then they keep having kids, but, um, but also like, that's their choice and that's fine. But I'm also like, I don't know that that's going to be my choice. Yeah. Maybe one day we might have like one, maybe two, but it's not right now. Kids just definitely throw another dynamic into the whole conversation. Um, I have another question, which is um, what obstacles mentally or emotionally Hmm. or physically have you found yourself like getting over or coming up against as you, one, try to find yourself and like try to be the person that you want to be, but also like for Emma receiving these messages for a single person, Kelly Mm -hmm. as a married person, like in finding yourself in the midst of all of this like romantic relationship jumble, how do you find yourself? For me and sort of, first of all, and like breaking that mindset of my value being rooted in uh, a romantic relationship that I had when I was a teenager slash early 20-something, uh, that has been just going cold turkey for me. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, I took a break for a long time of pursuing anything romantic, and um, that was because I didn't care to focus on that. Like, I, I wanted to build up my life. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to figure out what I want and shape the life that I want (laughs) Um, rather than like be doting over a guy basically was was the way that I thought about it and I think that that plus just like age and maturity has made like now going into dating a lot different because I I don't view a guy that I'm dating as my world like I don't have that it, it felt like anything that would go wrong in a relationship when I was younger was the end of the world because I was orbiting him. And now I feel like we're like each our own independent planets if we're going to carry on the metaphor. <laughs> and so I feel very much like when I'm talking to a guy or dating a guy, it's like, okay, like you do your thing. I have my thing. We'll come together whenever we need to, you know? And... um I think that that, like, sort of learning to hold it a lot looser has been, like, uh, essential. <laughs> and on top of that, like, I also think about one of the mindsets, actually, that you, Kelly Ann, brought up earlier was the mindset that, like, oh, there, um, what was it, that there's there must be something wrong with me, and that's why, like, guys don't like me. But I feel like the mindset that I've been having to work through more instead is that, uh, oh, 
I'm a catch, but there's no mm. s- sufficient guys mm. out there, which like is also like a lie, and like that's not giving credit to a male population. And so I think that that's one thing that I've had to sort through and sort of like battle with within myself as I like if I start feeling sort of tired with the idea of dating or things like that or just feel sort of like fatalistic, like this is never going to work. I might as well not try. That um, is something that I've had. I'm still working through Mm -hmm. is that idea that like there can be somebody who is a good match for me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot for them to have to like match up to honestly because I mean I have great friends and I love spending time with my friends and if I would rather spend time with my friends than with you then why would I date you you know (laughs) or like I I I like like I love working on this podcast and like I love traveling and doing all these things and it's like if you don't measure up to those things then you're not you're not worth it in my eyes Mm. so I think that's one thing that I've been working through and that's like an emotional, mental obstacle yeah, that sure. I've, and yeah, still working through and recognizing like that it's naive to think that it's naive to think that no one would like you, which is that mm-hmm. other mindset. But then the flip side, it's naive to think that there's nobody that could be good enough for you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's the amount, there's the thing of just like time, right? Like the reality of like t- just how much time you actually have in the day and, like, what you need as a person to thrive because everyone's different. Um, For myself, like, my mental health is, like, top priority. If I'm not focusing on that, I'm not going to be able to show up for anyone, not even myself. And so I feel like that is my own – I don't know if it's an obstacle, but it's more something I just need to be aware of. But then there's also, like, the seasons of life conversation it's so like when you first get married, like you have like you've committed to this person. This person is now your person. And um, there's a lot of investment and building that needs to go into that. Um, but like once I mean, it's a constant building. It never really stops. But also like as you grow, you like learn to refine that. And it's like, OK, actually, like we don't need to spend, you know, hours on hours with each other now I have space for something else like we now have figured out how to communicate really well so actually we can arrive to a conclusion in a disagreement in 15 minutes instead of an hour like you you learn each other and so I think there is the idea of just balancing your time um but I think also I think it's really important to have permission to explore and that is something that James has really empowered me for. He's like, hey, you want to, you know, look into getting your scuba certification? Go do it. Like, if you want to do a podcast with your two gal pals that requires a lot of your time, like, do it. Like, he he doesn't hold me back. And I think that's really important in any relationship, like, actually empowering each other to go and have fun and explore But, like, knowing at the end of the day, if you have a need that's not being met, you can vocalize that. And, like, James knows. Like, the second he, like, says, like, hey, like, I feel like I'm needing something right now and it's this. And I'm like, great, let's talk about that and figure that out because I've committed to making space in my life for him no matter what. But, like, I have not ever felt restraint, like, from being with him. Like, Mm -hmm. he's always been like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, it's definitely been more internal. Like, Ross has always been, like, supportive of me and, like, has actually pushed me out of my comfort zone Mm. to, like, go after the things that I want. Because I think my perspective was probably more similar to Emma's in in terms of, like, I orbit you. Like, Mm -hmm. we are one and we must do everything together and, like, we must be aligned on all things and whatever. And I think think part of its maturity is, like, growing up in, like – you know, I was so young when I got married and now I'm much older and have found myself and like have settled into myself much mm-hmm. more. Um, but another part of it was realizing like, oh, like I if I want to do that thing, I can go do that thing. You don't have to be there. Yeah. You know, like neither of us is going to miss out on each other yeah. by like the other person doing something different. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's part of actually what I get to admire about you at the end of the day is that like you're a different person and I can watch you do different things and watch you enjoy, you know, two hour workout sessions. (laughs) Like when I'm off podcasting with the gals and like there's things we can look at each other and admire. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing everything together all the time, like, yeah, there's like no degree of separation, you know, totally. And how do you inspire, inspire each other? You know, like, yeah, totally. He inspires me because we're not, 100% like on top of each other all the time you know yeah and uh so yeah I think that has definitely been a big piece of it um and for sure feeling limited to what I could do in the church and Mm. as a successful person without his participation yeah was a big thing that I had to get over and eventually just had to go after it myself Mm. so yeah um yeah, yeah those are big ones for me I mean and if you think about like when people date generally they have their own things you know Mm -hmm. like there's obviously toxic dating relationships where they're also just like orbiting one another and obsessed with one another but you have your own things that you do and there's not like an expectation to be united in everything that you do because Mm -hmm. you're just dating but I feel like there's a shift when people get married where it's like well now you should do everything together or Mm -hmm. like where is your husband when Mm -hmm. you're like doing something and and it's it's like why would you if dating is like the, you know, practice ground for marriage, why would you do something different once you're married? Like, mm-hmm. there's obviously differences in a marriage, but why would you all of a sudden become one homogenous, like, yeah. being? <laughs> I think that is something, though, that the church perpetuates, is, like, you are one. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really weird, like, when you, like, show up at a party and people are, like, oh, is James here? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Um, But sometimes he does come. And it's, like, really special. It's like, oh, like, like I would prefer to have you there with me, but I don't Mm -hmm. need you there with me. And there's a huge difference, I think, with that. But I do want to circle back because I definitely forgot something to mention earlier is that sometimes I actually am like, oh, well, I can't fix this car thing because of whatever. Or, oh, I shouldn't fix this house thing. And I don't know if it's because of the way I was raised or if it's like, oh, I don't have time. But that's something I'm actually unpacking like currently in our relationship. I'm like, why do I default to James to as to fix like fill in the blank? I'm like, mm. I'm perfectly able-bodied to fix this thing. And actually, I'm pretty good at solving problems. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah. No, I can relate to that for sure. But mostly I just default to, well, he can fix it anyways. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, I do other stuff. It's yeah. fine. Like he can handle the the fixing of things. But you know, I think it's it's more about like communication and like mm-hmm. having like sharing the work 
mm-hmm. load or whatever together. Yeah. And yeah. that can be divvied up in any number of ways. Yeah. yeah I think where it becomes problematic is if if you were legitimately good at fixing certain things mm-hmm. and it was like, well, he has to do it yeah. because he's the husband. Yeah. Like, that's an issue. Yeah. So. But I'm always like, oh, James, will you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, but why? Mm-hmm. Like, I love you and I would, but, yeah. like, you don't actually need me. And so in that way, he's very empowering and he pushes me right. yeah. to be, like, more independent. So right. that's why I always praise him for being a feminist. He's like, <laughs> you don't need me, babe. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's actually a very simple task. You can do it. I mm-hmm. trust. Yeah. Trust me. Um, All right. Well, this has been a great conversation. Again, thank you to the person who recommended this topic because I think it's, like, super valuable. And I think there's a lot of um, messaging around there about who we are as women and what it means to be single or what it means to be married. And actually, like, the truth is, like, you're a human and regardless of your relationship status, like, there's a person inside that, you know, you can continue to cultivate and, and find and... I don't know, know better. But Mm -hmm. I wondered, do you guys have advice for, like, if you were giving advice to yourself, for example, Mm -hmm. or advice for the the younger gal or another gal, like, Mm -hmm. what would be your words of wisdom regarding this topic? I would say have grace for yourself. Have grace for your partner if you have one. Like, it is an ebb and flow and a discovery of boundaries. And sometimes you overstep boundaries and then you pull back. And um, sometimes your house is going to be messy. And most of the time, sometimes your partner needs to do all the laundry all the time. Uh, Most of the time, sometimes. Most of the time, all the time. Um, (laughs) In my case, you know, like, it's... Life is messy, and you're going to be fucking tired, kid. Like, you're going to be fine, though. You're going to make it through. And just... You know, decide what's important to you and stick to your guns. But also it's okay for things that are important to you to change. Um, mm-hmm. But know that at the, end of your, at the end of the day, you're the one responsible for your life. So if you're unhappy with the way it is, it's your responsibility to change it. Yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, seek, seek balance between, like, doing your own thing and being – intentional in pursuing a relationship if that's what you want. Uh, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that I see single people make is that they wait to do their life until they find that person. Hmm. And I would say build your life into what you want it to be and you can find someone along the way. Mm-hmm. Like go to that on that trip to that country that you've been wanting to go to or move to that city that you've never been to or like take on that job that you've always wanted, like do those things instead of being like, well, I can't really let my life start until I find someone. Um, Because it's, you only get this life. Like you have this life and you, I mean, YOLO, you know, (laughs) Um, you, you need, you make the most of it, live it to the fullest, be happy. (laughs) Um, I mean, and if this is any encouragement, if anyone is out there, a single Pringle, and who, like, is wanting to be in a relationship, um, just think about, like, Kamala Harris, okay? (laughs) Stay with me here. Kamala Harris didn't get married until she was in her 40s. She was not married at all until she was in her 40s, and now she's the vice freaking president of the United States. So if Kamala Harris is doing great, so can you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's good, yeah. You know, Kamala... 
You know, like, whatever. <laughs> Thanks for... That was, so, that was some good audio there. Yeah. Everyone chest, could really hear your... <laughs> chest bumped for, to Kamala. Um, we love you as a woman who has been the first vice president of the United States. As Kicking female, ass. So, way to go. Whether you um, like her or not, homage, you know? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. We stand in solidarity. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think my advice for, at least for... Uh, Christian women who had similar backgrounds is like your identity and purpose is not wrapped up in another person. So Mm -hmm. you have full agency married or not to like be who you are and go after what you want and don't apologize for it and don't like be embarrassed by it or whatever. Just like go after it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have the right person in your life, like they will support you in that Mm -hmm. and they'll actually be encouraged by that and they'll be inspired by you and you'll be inspired by them. And you guys like don't have to do everything together. Mm -hmm. Marriage is not a, a do everything together kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a partnership and it's a beautiful union and whatever. And there are some things that have to be shared, um, but not everything. And so like, you know, You'll figure it out. But um, and then also I'd say like I, I really want to emphasize what Kelly said is like sometimes there are are points in your life where you feel like you have to choose and sometimes you have to just decide what to let go of. Because not everything, first of all, will bring you life um, that you feel like you need. And, you know, choose the things that do and like make those priorities. And if that results in a messy house or, you know, like a lot of door dashing instead of cooking like do it because those are not your priorities in life Mm -hmm. go after your priorities in life i think so yeah yeah, that's all i got i think that's good nailed it (laughs) (laughs) nailed it thank you well thank you guys for listening thank you emma and kellyanne for sharing anytime and uh yeah like uh again we're really excited to actually be talking about some subjects that people are recommending and whatever so yeah keep like the feedback loop going we'd love to hear from you guys love to hear what you enjoy what you think what you thought and um yeah make sure to follow us subscribe review all those lovely things and we'll talk to you next time see you next time bye